I recall Central Park in fall. How you tore your dress. What a mess. I confess, that's not all. Say Ferris. Say Ferris. Say Ferris Bueller. What? Ferris Bueller. They say he's like on the verge of death or something. Oh, I heard he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows his kid who's going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out of 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Well, a group of us are collecting money to buy Ferris Bueller a new kidney, and they run about 50 G's or so. So if you wouldn't mind helping out... Go piss up a flag. I'm sorry? You should be. What if you need a favor from Ferris Bueller someday? Then where will you be, huh? You heartless wench! If you'd like to help us save Ferris, join us at Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, only from DuelingGenre.com. Oh, he's very popular, Red. The Sportos and Motorheads, Geek Sluts, Bloods, Waste Toys, Dweebies, Dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Happy Thor's Day, and welcome to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we have reviewed, discussed, celebrated, uh, and defended the Back to the Future trilogy and Back to the Future Part 3. One email reading minute at a time. One last email reading minute at a time. No, that's not true. We got next minute, too. One penultimate reading of mail (laughs) at a time. Uh, I'm Nick Menez in the news. I'm uh I'm I'm Scott Corelli uh and uh yeah today we're going to read some emails uh from from uh, our our wonderful listeners emails and messages and things like that so um uh let's uh let's kick it off uh Nick why don't you uh why don't you take us away All right so our first email <clears throat> comes from Jesse Starcher uh mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to read it verbatim just so I don't miss anything Okay. So um, from this point on, I will be in character as uh, Jesse's starcher. <laughs> uh, dear Scott and Nick, I want to congratulate you both and your many guests for comprehensively covering my all-time favorite trilogy of movies, Minute by Minute. In the summer of 2016, hearing iFanboy casually mention that there was a BTTF podcast covering the movies, I was ecstatic. I soon subscribed on iTunes and set forth on catching up as best I can. Liberally using the double speed button on my podcast app. Oh, really? Um, mm. Soon, after- I've heard I've heard from listeners who have done that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I always like freak out whenever I accidentally do that. Uh huh. Like, uh, like oh no, oh no, and like I turned down. I'm still Jesse Starcher, by the way. Uh, soon after, <laughs> soon after, I had found the Back to the Future Minute Listener Preservation Society on Facebook. And kept up and added to the wonderful community there. And wonderful it is. Someone said I even got some props on No Roads Edition for sharing my BTTF Spotify playlist. I, I remember even, that. Yeah, that was dope. I, I even got to I even got to hip a friend of mine to the podcast who, as I understand, contributed by making an audio trailer for Geek by Night. Oh small world. Hashtag it's all connected. <laughs> 
Finally catching up soon after you started part 3, it felt bittersweet as the inevitable end was nearing. When I watch these movies, I always try my best to watch them together, maybe not back to back, but within a day of each other. And before I go further, my personal ranking is 2-1-3. It has become a family tradition to watch these during the summer, and I am proud to say my kids love the films. Being able to hear you carry all you all carry on a minute by minute podcast discussion has really helped added more of a dimension to my personal enjoyment of the movies. Conversations about awkward Marty sleeping positions, what Lorraine what, Biff Ripples, future buildings run on waste, and so much more are with me every time I watch these movies from here on out. Uh, part three has always had this emotional feel about it. Uh, for me, once that time-traveling train flies towards the screen and says the end. So powerful, so final, yet satisfyingly complete. My hope is that you never underestimate the hard work that you put into this podcast series all the way through and the lives that you've forever touched by making Back to the Future Minute. It's truly an accomplishment. Your friend in time, Jesse Starcher. P.S. I never knew I could write anything so touching. Yeah, holy shit, dude. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh that's insane that's a lot uh thank you so much for listening to the show and you know uh yeah i mean like I, are you know, are I'm, you still are you still in characters just yeah yeah this whole time i've still been uh <laughs> and seen uh <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for for that email that that's that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah um, no it, it's 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 uh it's great it's great to hear um, how people found the show. I didn't even know. I listened to iFanboy, and I don't even remember them uh, mentioning us on the show. So that's uh, that's interesting. Um, that's cool that uh, somebody found us through them. That's uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, yeah uh, the 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 two one three uh, ranking is interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder. I, I uh, yeah, I would be interested in in uh, Jesse if you like want to elaborate more on that on the on the Facebook. I I think I think whenever whenever someone is whenever two is someone's favorite, it's usually like a super personal, like un un like defend like undebatable, right like, reason. Like oh, I like it was the first movie I ever saw with my dad, or like I used to have it. On, I used to rent it from Blockbuster every Friday. You right. Know? right, 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 right. Yeah. So, like, I think if you grew up with the trilogy, you kind of have a softer spot in your heart for two. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like, I don't know, almost kind of like the Phantom Menace or something. I don't know, where it's like, if you were a kid when it came out, you might look at it with a bit softer eyes. Well, uh, well. speaking of which, uh, our email from Tierney asked, did either of you change your ranking of the movies during the podcast? You know... To be honest, I, I I think the sequels were interchangeable in ranking to me, mm-hmm. uh, and now it's I definitely have strong opinions about my rankings. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is, I mean, it is one, three, two for me personally, uh-huh. but I do find myself defending two a lot. Um, yeah, me too. Same. It's weird. It's it's almost like it's like my kids. Like I can crap on two. But then as soon as someone's like, oh, back to the like when some person, whenever someone says three sucks, I get really defensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm like, hold on, sir. Like Mary Steenberg. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I but- actually I, I actually was on a on a podcast um, 
a while back, couple mm-hmm. couple months ago, I think, uh, the Cosmic Geppetto podcast where, um, and you were supposed to be on, but you had like something come up, I think, at the last minute. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he had me on to defend part two because he hates part two. Mm. Um, and so it was uh, that was an interesting conversation because um, I, uh, I did I did not win him over. Um, but, you know, he wasn't watching it one minute at a time. So he oh, man. he can't see it for uh, the beauty that we see it for. Well, I'm sorry I wasn't there to, to add credence to your opinion. Yeah, well, whatever. It's fine. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that 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 stuck in my mind about about Jesse's email is um, that <clears throat> Which is so crazy is that when he watches the movies now, he thinks of our show, Um, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the conversations that we've had and the jokes and, and whatnot. And when I because like I'm I mean, I'm obsessed with movies. If that isn't if any if you if you can't take that away about me <laughs> by the end of the show, um, you know, uh, and, and one thing that I, I find myself talking to other people and Scott and thinking a lot about whenever, uh, whenever it comes to film is the conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about movies, the next to seeing them is the conversation and that's reading reviews. That's listening to podcasts. That's talking to your physical human friends. And you like, like I'm almost more excited for that than the movie because like when alien covenant was about to start, I literally thought like, Oh man, by when this is over, the conversation is going to be so different, you know, uh-huh. um, every time a Marvel movie comes out, when Wonder Woman comes out, you know, or, and oh, yeah. so what's so cool about the back to the future movies. And I think it's a testament to the filmmakers is that each one feels significant. You know, you mm-hmm. couldn't ignore me if you tried, you know, like it, it, similar to the alien movies where the alien movies are hella flawed, but you can't not talk about the others without bringing up one. Right. Um, and I, and, and I think that says a lot where, you know, so many sequels, you don't even like people don't even know that there's a sequel to, uh, uh, Saturday night fever. Right. Which is one of the most influential stylistic greatest movies of the seventies. But one thing that I, I think you can't ignore about two and three, however flawed, whatever your personal relationships and histories are, I think it's super cool that they're just in the conversation as much as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. Like in some ways, in terms of cultural influence and uh, popularity, two is kind of even more popular than one right now. Uh, I think, I, I think that was true two years ago. I don't know that it is now. Sure. I I guess I think whenever I see someone on Twitter making a a back to the future reference, it's normally been in reference to two lately. Mm, Like what, like whether it's like, oh, Biff has the almanac or like, this is the darkest timeline or like 20, the cover boards, you know, it just seems like, I don't, don't, yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I don't see a lot of that now. I did last year with, with the election and everything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, but, but now I think the the reference that I saw the most lately was like, well, I guess the Cubs, that was a big thing. And that's Chuck Berry. Um, but then, right. But Chuck Berry, that's the big one that I see all the time now. Mm. Chuck Berry died. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so Tierney also asks, uh, were there any characters or plot points that you completely changed your opinion of after analyzing them one minute at a time? Uh, congrats on reaching the end of the trilogy. Best Tierney. Oh, thank you. Um, 
I I would say the alternate 1985 I didn't realize was so dark and depressing and awful. Yeah. Until we were watching it one minute at a time. I think that's the big one that I changed my opinion of, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm try- I guess I'm just trying to remember what my opinions were before. Um, I think it was like mostly just indifference. Like, oh, yeah, this happens so that this can happen. Like, it's just kind of like a small part of the movie. But when you're watching it a minute at a time and it's like, you know, a month and a half of your life. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, um, yeah. And I think we weren't too crazy about, I think it's the most, um, I just think it's age the worst of the movies. Um, and I just don't, you I don't mean know that part of that two? part, that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's definitely the part of like, Ooh, Hey, Hey, ladies. Um, right. It's true. And yeah, it just feels like very, uh, yeah, there, there, there was an aesthetic in the late eighties that when I think of, when I think of Bifferific, I also think of like the super Mario movie and like mm-hmm. Theodore Rex mm-hmm. where everything just looked really trashy and gross. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just like was never like, like Blade Runner is the one time that that aesthetic has worked for me. Um, so yeah, but it's, but yeah, but again, that's just personal taste. And I also love the frick out of Western. So that's why I love three so much. Yeah. And I'd say the other, the other thing would be that analyzing part three, one minute at a time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that really, I think we, it made us realize like how brilliantly structured that movie is. That's the thing is I, I definitely love three a lot more than I did when than when Mm. we started yeah yeah and i think even when we started we thought that three was our would would probably end up being our favorite of the sequels but we didn't realize just how much we'd love it yeah and just how many how just how much closure and callbacks and ref and not, not callbacks in like a hangover way but really cool loop closing and joke bringing back this oh god and yeah just just, <laughs> just how clever it was and how yeah. much it echoed the the first one in really original compelling ways yeah i agree um so what about uh what what, what else we got so thanks thanks tierney for the for the email what else, what else we got okay so our next email that i'm going to read comes from uh rich richard mm-hmm. uh and I'll, again i'm going to read this in character <laughs> Uh, hey guys, want to say a big thanks for making this podcast. I've been listening since episode four, way back in 2015. Awesome. Uh, Back to the Future was the first movie I saw on the big screen without my parents with me. I was 11 years old and I'll never forget about, I'll never forget at the part where Marty comes back to 85 and runs to Doc in the parking lot and starts to cry over his presumably dead body. Some jerk in the cinema shouted out, he's not dead. Most people laughed, but I was a little annoyed, uh, annoyed, mostly because something, uh, mostly about something being spoiled for me. <laughs> you said I was a little annoyed and I was like, well, you should avoid the annoyed. Uh, yes, uh, I was. I turned <laughs> a little annoyed. Um, yeah. What a, what a crotch monster. What kind of that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, there's I, always like cynical people who like to ruin movies for people. That's just, I don't think I've ever had someone exclaim out a spoiler in the theater um 
I think I have, but I don't remember what the situation was. But I feel that seems familiar to me, that feeling of like, wait, what? Oh, um, um, I don't remember what it was, though. So throughout the years, I have watched the trilogy well over 50 times. And last year had the pleasure of introducing my five-year-old boy to it and watching his face light up as he watched the movie for the first time was like seeing it for the first time for me again. Thanks so much for the podcast. It's been a joy to listen to others talk passionately about something that has had an influence in my life and actually learning some things that I missed numerous times before. Probably a factor, a factor of watching it minute by minute, I guess. Awesome job. Well done for finishing and looking forward to the next podcast. Regards, your friend in time. There I said it. Richard from Sydney, Australia. Well, yeah. Oh, Ri Richard from uh, Australia. Thanks so much for that email. And I'm glad that someone else, I I'm glad that um, we have a lot of listeners who are going to go over to Cornetto Minute when we start that up. Yeah, that that um, that really means a lot. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm all, I also, um, again, going back to just the, the, the decency of this franchise and just how like good it is and like in comparison mm -hmm. to other like you know on the Mount Rushmore franchises I, I I like hearing how many people are introducing them to their kids mm -hmm. and I think that goes I mean you hear about all the all that all the time with like Star Trek and Star Wars and Harry Potter but yeah and, and I mean we've talked about this a lot there's no reason why these movies should be liked as much by kids as they are because there's nothing about the plots that feel especially child friendly. It's like, oh, I got to get my parents to fall in love. Like what kid cares about that? But as we've talked about, like the way that these movies present their characters as like cartoon characters just makes yeah. everything work for well, kids. You know, I think like gangbusters. When you're a kid, there is the, the mind of a kid is so strange and wonderful in that sometimes you're drawn to things that you don't think are for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little bit of you that wants to hear your parents have a grown up conversation. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, and I think the, so much about back to the future is what a kid likes about getting older, whether it's like having a cute boyfriend or having a cute girlfriend or like driving around or having a skateboard and going on an adventure. It's, mm -hmm. It's just it's it's such a human story that I think it feels so relatable to everyone, even more so than being a Harry Potter or a Luke Skywalker, you know? Mm hmm. So, yeah. And like, remember how cool teenagers were when you were a kid? And yeah. And, and Marty's like the Greek god of being a teenager. Like, he's, he's, like, the, <laughs> he's like the spirit of being a teen. Uh, the spirit of being a teen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I just think I, I, I love that kids love these movies. Um, I really do. And it, and I think it's proof that you can make movies for kids that aren't like dumbed down the way that they do now. Yeah. Know? Like, cause this is this movie. I mean, especially the first one is smart, like whip smart mm -hmm. and it, yeah, like it, it, and it, this is kind of a testament to the, the Amblin Spielberg way of making movies back in the eighties. Was like, yeah, this doesn't have to be emotionally dumbed down. It can be mm -hmm. broad. It doesn't have to be two thousand one, a space odyssey. But that you know, there's more than one way to be a smart movie, right? I think I think when so many people uh, hear a movie, they might enjoy being 
called stupid or or or, or dumb uh and they think well not all movies have to be citizen kane it's like well that's not what we want we just want a, a movie like that treats us seriously and you know they're uh, going back to i i i I'm, I'm i just had an improv class yesterday so it's just in my brain a lot but uh when you're in a scene you're taught to play to the top of your intelligence which mm-hmm. means that you, the character knows everything that you know you're just in different circumstances so like you can be a vampire on a submarine but that vampire on a submarine has done and seen everything that you have and and knows okay. every, and knows everything about the world that you have you know and and i like the idea that i like i think that back to the future is a movie that plays to the top of its intelligence mm-hmm. it's not making itself dumber for us but it's also yeah. not but it's also not trying to talk down to us or go over our heads or you know it's 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 being it's still it's accessible it's accessible you know? and what's and i i love hearing about the back to the future people that are like nerds or geeks about it because it feels so much more inclusive because it's such a human franchise like there's no language you have to learn there's no family histories you have to have memorized i mean kind mm-hmm. of but like you know <laughs> it's much easier and fun i think to be a back to the future fan sometimes than like a, a game of thrones fan or a dot or a mm-hmm. whovian yeah no i agree completely like, oh there oh there's just these three goofy movies to watch okay yeah it's uh, it's great. It's great. It's great. You guys, Back to the Future is great. Back to the Future is um, really, really good. <laughs> so our next email comes from Haley, um, who uh, sent us a ton of questions. So we're gonna we're gonna run through them lightning round style. Uh, so first, uh, when Clara hops off the train to catch Doc, do you think she believed Doc was telling the truth about the time travel thing? Like on the train, all we see her hear about Doc is that he was a wreck because he loves her. Is it implied that the barbed wire salesman talked about how Doc went on and on about the future and Clara overheard it? Or do you think she just, I don't know, realized the depth of Doc's love for her? I think it's the second thing. Yeah, me too. That 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 one feels right. I think that it just or or i think i think maybe it's it's that like oh wait he does love me so that means that he must have been telling the truth i think it's like a like proof of one leads to the other yeah or like when you realize when you realize a man loves you you realize that he wasn't lying to you ergo right. you know when you when you eliminate the impossible the improbable however you know whatever bullshit yeah um, <laughs> yeah Great answer. I love the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. <laughs> um, um, yeah. On, yeah, a re- yeah. on a related note, mm-hmm. what do you think that conversation was like after Doc hoverboarded her away from the ravine? And how large a comp- contrib- contribution do you think Clara was in building the time machine? How long do you think that took? Well, we know how long it took because it was 1895 when he left uh left the past for the first time mm-hmm. um so we know that um from the comics yes through the magic of in canon expanded universe yeah shit. and i think i think clara helped in in like 
you know, not maybe not like planning, but I bet you she decorated that train and I bet oh, you. Yeah. And I bet you she helped with um, like some of maybe some of the blacksmithing of like I, building I, items. I think she had a heavy influence in the conceptual design. Yeah. Yeah. I think being such a a a devout student of Jules Verne and science fiction, I think that I think that they just spent hours on the floor geeking out and like drawing up maps and sketches and stuff. But then when it came to like the hard science, I mean, you know, I mean, Doc's a scientist from the 1980s. You know, I think he was just better equipped for that, and she like helped out when she could. Yeah, but, but yeah. I'm trying really hard not to sound like condescending at all towards like Clara's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like ultimately, like she is from the 1800s. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to be as fair to her as possible. There's only there's only so much I think uh, of the science that she would be able to contribute to, um, just from the just from the sake of like when she's from. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, as far as like the conversation after they hoverboarded away, um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's made out a bunch, right? Well, I, I think they probably. I, I bet she she wondered about the train. Maybe. Sure. I I imagine if if I'm Bob, if I'm writing this, if I'm writing this as Bob Gale, yeah, I think what I would say is that. I would I would have them watch the train go off, the explosion happens, they go over to the side of the ravine and look down, and Clara's like, Well, what are we gonna do? What like what what are we gonna do with that train now? Or like, oh, it's sad to see such a nice train get destroyed like that. I oh, wish there oh. was something we could do. And then Doc would be like, <gasps> I have an idea. Yeah. <gasps> oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was probably a situation like that. Something yeah. something like her pointing out like, ah, oh, what a waste. And Doc being like, is it? Was is it? it a, is it a waste? <laughs> Look at me when I talk to yeah. you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think it's probably something like that. Um, let's see. And how discreet is a flying train? I mean, talk about limiting your time travel options. What the heck is Doc's plan with this? He should have surgically implanted the flux capacitor into a freaking horse. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think we joked about a horse with a flux capacitor last week, but, uh, but it doesn't work because you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to get a horse up fast enough to get through the time portal. Yes. Um, stupid. That's, uh, are you, you mean talking about doc? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It sounded like you accosted our, our, our email. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, I, yeah. So you wouldn't be able to do the horse thing. Cause you wouldn't, the horse wouldn't be able to get up fast enough to get through the portal in time. <laughs> um, as far as, uh, the limiting the time travel options. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I don't think a flying train is particularly discreet, which is my problem with it. However, it doesn't limit time travel options because it can fly. So it can go anywhere. Presumably. Yeah. And, you know, my theory is that he's headed towards the stars, in which case it, it, wouldn't, <laughs> it really wouldn't matter much. Uh, back to the galaxy. Back to the galaxy. Mm. Maybe that's where um, it's going to head. Yeah. 
I mean, we talked about, uh, we talked about either, I think maybe it was on no roads, I think, but we talked about, uh, how you could have, if you, if you hadn't done the sequels the way that they were, you could have, um, continued the series where each movie did something else, wacky, crazy with science, you know, like you could do like back to the center of the earth or, you know, back to the galaxy or whatever. You just blew my mind with that title. Oh, back to the center of the earth. Back to the center of the earth. That's a mother effing new franchise. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, you know, if you had made the sequels about time travel, you could have theoretically. Yeah. The first one was about time travel, but the sequels are about other wacky science things. God, that's right. Because the whole point of the trilogy is I don't want to make another time machine. Yeah. Yeah. What does he do next? Right. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to do that now because I think people would. I mean, you know, you make a sequel to Back to the Future now, people would want the time travel because that's the whole thing. But uh, I think at the time, like not maybe not necessarily. I don't know. Um, so let's see. Uh, uh, she also asks, um, I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think about Clara overall as a female character, how she's written and if she serves to give Doc a conflict of interest in the Old West. I think we talked a lot about that last week with uh, yeah or not yeah. Last, like two weeks ago with Allie. Mm-hmm. um but we do we talked have about closing? how much we love claire overall but do we have any closing uh thoughts? i don't know do you i mean this is the last presumably the last time we'll talk about her ever um on this I mean, show maybe not on no road but yeah that's true um but yeah so i think the thing about clara and the thing about i think it just speaks to the female characters in this in this franchise in general is yes they're they're underserved and yes they're underwritten in comparison to some of the male characters but i also do think that they are lovingly written and we are meant to like love these characters and i i think that the actresses bring depths of intelligence and wit and humor and weirdness that might not have been entirely on the page. And I think that the franchise, uh, you know, doesn't often utilize them to their full extent, but I, I have, I, I, I like all of them. Yeah. I agree. Even Jennifer, who we get the least of. Yeah. Even Jennifer, who we get the least of, like, she's really, you know, the girlfriend of the hero could be, is often like a really, thankless role in in, mm-hmm. in pop cinema and i think the fact that jennifer is a well-loved thing and like the franchise and like the fandom i think that's mm-hmm. like a cool a cool thing yeah for sure i agree and the jennifer um, that we see in the comics and the video games is like oftentimes really cool oh yeah that's very true absolutely um Okay, next question. So Doc returns to 1985 to grab Einstein and say LOL bye to Marty before putting his shades on and moonwalking out of the timeline. Yes. Does Marty... Yes, that is uh, that is exactly what happened. Um, In the paradox. Does... Canon. Uh, does, <laughs> does Marty ever see Doc again? Well, I mean, if talking about... Can- talking about canon, yes. 
Yeah, if we're talking about canon, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. So she says, does Marty ever see Doc again? Does Doc's garage just fall into disrepair? Um, both both of those questions are answered in the uh, the game, the Back to the Future game. Uh, they uh, sell the stuff in his garage in a yard sale, and then um, uh, Marty uh, like has to save Doc from the 1930s. You know what I don't? You know what I just realized in the game? Mm-hmm. What the hell happened to Clara and the kids? Oh yeah, I always just kind of assumed that they were kind of doing what they're doing in the comic where like they're hanging back and like they're waiting on Emmett, but he's been gone too long, you know, but is that, is that, but why does he have a DeLorean? Well, I don't know because I never finished it. Hmm. (laughs) I wonder if, I wonder if he's, the doc that goes to 2015. If this is, if the doc in the game is from prior to the sequels. Oh, God damn. I don't know. I'd have to like, go back and watch the cinematics again. And like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't the only way that that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But how, yeah. Like, and, and how then, would they not reference? Yeah. I don't even remember a reference to them. There's definitely a reference to Clara because I remember there being like a letter in the dashboard about it. Oh, and Clara wrote the letter. Yeah, like Clara wrote the letter, or it was, and it was like about Clara or why Doc's no, missing. No, 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 no. That's 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 the comic that you're thinking of. I remember it being in the game, though. I really mm. remember an, a, a cinematic in the game where, like, that Marty was like, "Oh, Clara, where's Clara?" Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to I, investigate. I could be. On I am open to being wrong. Yeah. Anyway, if you haven't um, played the game, the game is really way, great, and I recommend playing. Yeah. What I was gonna say is, I think the reason we're not just reverting, we're not just airing to the expanded universe out of laziness. It 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 feels like a part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, with you know, I mean, it's we can be very critical of it if you listen to our No Roads podcast, but you know, the comics and especially the video game are really genuinely like a good a good thing to experience if you want more back to the future in your life like it it feels as a spirit of the movie Mm -hmm. uh she goes on to say that bttf as a series is kind of really about marty maturing and Mm -hmm. so thematically it would make sense for him to outgrow his mentor but still how does he go back to school monday and learn to live in a 1985 he's wholly unfamiliar with yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. that's covered in the comics. Um, it's uh, it, it's definitely something I had I had questions about too. Yeah, uh, definitely. In the until in the comics, I'm not I'm not completely thrilled with the way they're handling it in the comics, but they are doing it in the comics, and it is overseen by Bob Gale. So it is. Yeah, it is. yeah, it is a little hashtag not my Marty sometimes on the podcast, but it it. It's um yeah, I would be interested just to see more of him exploring his high school though. Like Hill Valley High in this new timeline. Yeah. Like like um so the, Yeah, so well and speaking of adventures, uh if they had all joined up for more adventures, do you think Jennifer and Clara would have gotten along with each other? Oh, I think Clara could get along with friggin' 
Uday Hussein. <laughs> I don't th- I don't know. She yeah, seems like I just, know. Yeah, I, I can't see anyone that Claire wouldn't be like really decent to. And and Jennifer just seems equally like again, maybe this is a credit to them being underwritten, but they they both seem nice. I think the shoe the shoe Jennifer is a bit more of a dork like Marty. So I can see them getting along more than like the Claudia Wells, Jennifer and Clara. Yeah, sure. But yeah, like I can see Clara being like, oh, it's so nice to have another lady around. You want to fool around? That's the worst thing I've ever said. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I I can just see like Clara and like shoe Jennifer, like just getting along, just like talking, just like talking about how weird their boyfriends are. <laughs> Marty uh, sleeps with his little butt t- hanging out sometimes. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> uh so uh next question. Um who who gets uh babysitting duty of Jules and Vern? And is it Einstein? Yes. I don't I think the answer is yes. I don't think those boys need a babysitter. I think they need uh, a priest and an additional priest. In case the first, <laughs> in case the first priest is killed by Jules and Vern. <gasps> Oh, uh, now I, I'm imagining that scene from Casper where like the priest is like running. <laughs> oh, and his head gets out like, of the house. His like head gets blown yeah. backwards. Right. Uh, Dan Aykroyd cameos in that. Right. Yeah. As uh, as uh, Ray. Ray. Yeah. Crazy. Who are you gonna um, call? Somebody else. Doesn't he have a? He has like a mustache. He has a that, really he? bad '90s. Yeah, it's like a really light. Like, what were you thinking, dude? Kind of mustache. Yeah. Real weird. Tequila um, and aliens. Bye. Runs. Uh, <laughs> finally, if you could have been on set for any scene of the third movie, which scene would you choose? And Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna expand this. Movie. Okay. I'm gonna expand this, and I'm gonna say one on per set movie. For a- any scene, one per movie. So Boom. from you the read first mind, movie, brother. From okay. the first movie, go. Me first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Movie one. Um. God damn. <laughs> I, I, I was so sure and then another one okay i'm just gonna say mine because we might have similar ones um number one the uh jennifer i mean the uh lorraine calvin klein wake up scene oh excellent choice i would love to see what like their different takes were like yeah no that's um, that's really good yeah. yeah i uh i i i think i would want to be on set for probably um probably the uh the dance scene of course yeah uh yeah yeah so yeah johnny be good yeah because then i could just sort of like fade into the background and just like watch the whole thing happen that's true yeah you could be an extra yeah i don't know i think that one what about what about the second movie or like the wide shot where it's ed uh where it's ed lorraine uh lorraine and george dancing (laughs) yeah ed and lorraine you know the warren's characters from 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 the conjuring. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Um, what about part two? Uh part two. Well, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go since you just went. Um Okay. For me. There's really not a uh, family <laughs> family family dinner. Family dinner. The the oh, Pizza oh, Hut dinner. Yeah, that that would be insane to watch how they filmed that. Yeah, that's the one that I'd pick. Yeah, just seeing like the just the orchestration that 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 took. Uh huh. Also, it would have just been pretty trippy walking around 
I guess it wouldn't have been trippy at the time, but to travel back in time, it would be trippy as hell to walk around 2015 Hill Valley. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was it was it was trippy watching those uh, people sneaking onto the set videos that, that those listeners shared with us on the YouTubes. Mm hmm. Like True. that was spooky. True. Um, part three for me. No, would, what, your, your, what, what was your part two? You oh, right. Um, okay. So I can't do, okay. I, I, I guess mine would be uh Hill Valley 2015. Oh, so like him, like exploring it or whatever. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like draw. Okay, yeah. That's cool. Mall. Yeah. It's weird that we didn't pick the clock tower scene in the first movie. As our well, movie. there's not a lot to watch. I mean, I guess it's true. Um, in the third one, I would pick, uh, oh man, I know what mine would be. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, the hoot and holler, the, the dance. Oh, the moonwalk, the moonwalk. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, 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 the ZZ top dance. Oh, oh, okay. All like right. Clara, like where Clara and doc first dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. That that would be my fade into the background scene. Okay, fair enough. Um, you'd fit in better there than I would, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Um, maybe um, maybe specifically the scene where Dean Cundy takes her picture. Oh yeah. Another um, another one I was gonna say was it'd be really cool to see Doc's uh, ice tea machine up close. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, either that or uh, the scene where uh, the scene at the drive-in. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I think that would be kind of cool mm -hmm. to see as well. Um, all right. Or the, well, or the uh, bridge. The bridge would be cool, too. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, uh, so Haley wraps up by saying, you guys astound. Thank you for an incredible podcast. I'm so grateful wow. to have found dueling genre and thankful for the intense work. You guys intense was caps, uh, <laughs> work you guys put into everything you make. I don't understand how you find the time to do it. Neither do I congrats on completing this project. And here's to all the fantastic things you're bringing to life now and in the future. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for, all the wonderful emails. It's the best part of the podcast is just, yeah. Like how friggin' cool our listeners are like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, we've got more to talk about tomorrow. Uh, but we'll, we'll save those for tomorrow, uh, for our final regular episode. Oh boy. Of back to the future minute. Uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.